great to be in the house of the Lord today with you all. Yes, yes, week two. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're continuing on in our sermon series on security. And uh, uh, last week we talked about secure relationships and what an irony of that because we did so on Valentine's Day. So I'm sure all of you had just a tremendously secure Valentine's Day. No weeping or gnashing of teeth, just incredibly beautiful, restored, and secure relationships. I, I didn't get any phone calls, so I always look at that as a plus. Let's go before the Lord this morning and ask him to open our eyes, open our hearts as to what he would have for us. And we will be starting in Psalm 40 once again. So, let's go before the Lord. Father, your word is a light unto our feet, and it's direction for our paths throughout life. This morning, God, open our eyes, open our heart, open our minds, that we might hear from you and your magnificent wisdom. We pray all these things in accordance with your will. Change us, Father. To you be all glory. Amen. Our theme passage for this sermon series on security, and today the title of the message is Serious Insecurity. So I don't know that there's anybody in the room or who is watching on the broadcast that you might say, oh, I don't need that. I think I can check out. Uh, I, I'm hoping to make a very strident and uh, believable case for the fact that we all struggle with insecurity. But let's go back to Psalm 40 as this is really the premise for what we want to address with this idea of security. First of all, why do a series on security? Because I think we're flooded with these issues of insecurity tapping at us over and over and over, weakening us over and over and leaving us frail, leaving us questioning, leaving us, in a certain sense, in fear. And it, it can be everything from health, it can be everything from relationship, it can be everything from the economy, it can be, you can kind of can grab your dart, close your eyes and throw it at the dartboard and you're going to hit something that's happened over the past 18 months, right? And so I think this idea of security is especially important at this time, and it is especially important because the Word of God tells us where our security comes from. True security, lasting security. So let me read from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps, what? Secure. And here is the focus today. Here is the key section that I have wanted to highlight today. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Amen. 
Why do I want us to focus on that new song part? I think it's because that's, if, if this is included in our theme verse, which it is, or theme passage, this is the part that is somewhat ambiguous. We get the miry clay, we get the pit of destruction, we get the part about crying out to God, but what's this new song stuff, right? That, that many of you, uh, really, music might not be your thing. I've heard you sing, okay? You've heard me sing. Music may not be our thing, I don't know, but, but it makes me think about a time in my life when I was incredibly insecure. Do you remember your early 20s? Do you? Sorry, Shelby. <laughs> um, do you remember your early 20s? I had gone through a, a tortuous, arduous, and any other us that you want to throw on there, breakup. And I kind of sequestered myself into this depressive walk in life. And my thing, music was therapy for me at the time. I mean, the Lord was definitely therapy for me. But music as well. And many of us can relate to that. There's just power in music. God has wired us for music. The angels sing. And trust me, when you get to heaven, you will have angelic abilities to sing. You will not hesitate to sing. But I remember one particular song by one particular group that kind of amassed me into a very unhealthy, insecure focus. And it was this band called The Call. Does anybody remember The Call? From the early 80s up to, say, the mid-90s, and, um, and they, they were infamous for that song, I Still Believe, so that may jog something in your memory. Their second big album was very introspective, and there's this song called I Ain't Gonna. I put that on loop, and I'm, I kid you not, at one point, I was so insecure and so depressed about everything, I must have listened to the same song for three to four hours in my room. And then that wasn't enough, so this was back when we had Walkmans, right? So I slapped that tape in the old Walkman and I put my foam ears on and I just kind of walked around town for another three hours, just depressed, listening to the same song, right? It was just cathartic for me. So I, I, somehow I stumbled back on this group this past week and uh, they have a, a, a song that I stumbled on that was so much better. It's the idea of moving out of insecurity into security. You see, that one song fed my insecurity, right? And, and there's so much in our lives that, that poke at us, that create these insecure moments or insecure thoughts that truly strip us away from what God has intended for us. But they had a different song. They had a new song. And the song was called, Let the Day Begin. And in the song, he even mentions a preacher. Let the preacher say the holy words, right? And it's just this inspiring, I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's just this inspiring song. And if I could play it, it would be a toss-up between What a Beautiful Day by You 2 or Let the Day Begin by The Call. That would be my wake-up jam in the morning, all right? But what I want you to hear is that 
there was a new song. And it reminded me, stop focusing on your insecurities. You're not doing yourself any favors. As a matter of fact, I'm a little thirsty. I've been speaking now for five minutes. And you're all like, oh, here he goes, right? So think about it. Jesus told the woman at the well that he's the what? The living water. So for the sake of this illustration, we have been given Jesus. We have been given the living water that we are to give to others. So let's say this cup represents you or me. And God is pouring into you the gospel message, right? Now, let's say somebody's come along like the woman at the well and she's thirsty. And you pour that living water You are that tool that Jesus said. You are the mechanism. You are that which I will choose to use to give that living water to those around you, right? You're with me so far, right? So now that I drank some, what do we have to do? Continual, right? We continually have to be refilling what Jesus gives us, that living water, if we're pouring it out. Now here's the problem. There are those moments where our insecurities come along and they just poke holes in our soul, right? So what would be one of your insecurities? Watch out, front row. could get dangerous. What would be one of your insecurities? Maybe it's, it's you just don't feel smart enough to share that living water. There's a lot of, for you on, on, at home, you're like glad you're not in the room, right? Because this is so dangerous. Actually, it could go through into my hand. But maybe that's body image, right? I don't look good enough to have a voice for anything. Or maybe it's, you know, something along the lines of like Dwight Moody, right? He never got his education, and so he felt like he wasn't worthy to speak. And so eventually, what happens? Eventually, you stop sharing the water because of your what? Your insecurities. Because of your insecurities. We all have holes in our life, right? Is that that what it means to be holy? (laughs) I'm just going to let that sit there. I'm just telling you... I'm telling you, Lyndon, it's a rough crowd. If you want to speak up, (laughs) receive due recompense. So let me ask you, what happens if I pour more living water back in here? It's just going to go right out with my insecurities, isn't it? The insecurities are going to impair my ability to take that living water and pass it on like Christ instructed us. So what does Jesus say? He says, abide in me. He says, abide in me. And now, for those of you at home, I don't know if you can see, but thank God we had clear cups. Is there water still inside my cup? Remember the scripture where Jesus says, my yoke is easy and light. That's what it means to abide with him. In spite of our insecurities, I can know in Christ I am secure. And I can still drink from this cup. That's where the illustration fails. 
but I, I just had what I had. That's all I had. But you get the point, is that there's, there's an equilibrium. Jesus says, I will take on your load. I will be secure for you. In spite of your securities, I will make it possible for you to remain secure and to do what I have asked you to do. Amen? With that, so much anxiety in this, in this area. There's water on the floor. What's going to happen? We abide in Christ. He compensates for those holes of insecurity in our life. He does so perfectly so that we can, with him, fulfill our purpose. I often would tell my kids, I had the privilege of taking my kids to school every day, and I loved it. And I would always try to find some pithy statement or some way to embarrass them. You never knew which one they were going to get on any given day, right? As a dad, it's my right and my responsibility to do those two things. When I had a pithy statement, often it was, go fulfill your purpose. Go fulfill your purpose. This is one of the reasons we have so many insecure believers in Jesus Christ is because they're not pouring that living water out. They're not sitting inside because they feel like they have an empty cup. Because their insecurities are stripping them away from the purpose God has intended for them. Does that make sense? Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 through 30 is that message where Jesus says, Cast your anxiety on me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. John 15 is the famous passage out of John where he talks about abiding in him. And by doing so, together we bear fruit. Not just we bear fruit, we bear much fruit. Right, Lynn Redlick? We bear much fruit. Lynn, Lynn just loves that passage. I didn't say that because she doesn't bear fruit. I'm not, you know, I saw it. I'm, I can see her going like this. I'm like, oh yeah, that's one of Lynn's favorites. So let's look at, let's profile, shall we? Since we're talking about security, wait, pastor, that's a bad word in our society. Come on, you all do it, right? How many of you eat Doritos versus Lay's? Doritos, raise your hand. Okay, how many say Lay's? How many say Pringles? You're all profilers, so get over it. Okay, <laughs> moving on so we can feel comfortable. We are going to profile three people from Scripture this morning so we can look at this issue. The phases of insecurity can be vast, right? Money insecurity, relationship insecurity, body image insecurity. If I could go back in time and talk to my six-year-old self, I would warn me about Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay? I just would. Food insecurity, right? We hear about that all the time, that, that we hear, we hear the, the challenges going on around the world, and yet even in our own nation, how many children are, are living with food insecurity? Uh, social insecurity. Social security insecurity. <laughs> and then material insecurity. Right? How many of us struggle with material insecurity every time something we just purchased breaks? Let me ask you a question. 
There is an, a multi-billion, probably trillion-dollar industry that begs for your insecurity. It's called the insurance industry. And whether or not we fully buy into this, if you're honest, you realize they're offering you money for your car just because you're probably insecure about driving, which some of you should buy insurance. I'm just saying. But there's health insurance, medical insurance, life insurance. There's insurance for your house. There's insurance. There's insurance all over the place. Listen to me carefully. We spend so much money on insurance, but when do we pay for eternal security? When do we start paying attention to eternal security? And today, what I want to share with you is the beauty of how being in a new song, that this provides the answer to our insecurities. The best way I can do this today, we're going to go to a passage in Ephesians uh, pretty quickly, uh, but we're going to look at three people from Scripture, not not from a 60s folk group. Don't get confused, but we are going to profile Peter, Paul, and Mary. All right? So let's go to it now. Um, and you can hit the next slide because this isn't California dreaming. Okay, let's go to the next slide. And, and as we look at this idea, we're going we're gonna to look at the who, what, when, where's, right? So we're going to look at who were they. We're going to look at what <clears throat> was their insecure situation, why were they insecure, when did they change, and how did they change? This is free counseling, folks. I should be charging each of you $150 an hour. You're not, well, some of you are laughing. But think about how many people are paying ridiculous amounts of money because of their insecurities. And they're willing to pay for things that don't give them answers they just let them share their insecurity. Today, that would be a tragedy if I come to you and I just, we commiserate about our insecurities. I've done nothing for you and I've hidden away what Christ has for you. Let's not do that, right? Let's unlock what Jesus has given us so that we can be secure in the midst of struggling with insecurities. Amen? All right, so Ephesians 3. Let's go there now, and we're just going to precursor it. We'll break it down a little bit later, uh, but I just want to give you the, the, the initial on it, uh, because there's a great part of this, verse 11 and 12, that I want you to pick up on. <clears throat> so starting in verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with, and hit the next slide, confidence. Boldness, access, and confidence. Does that sound like the antithesis of insecurity? Spiritually, have you been feeding your soul? How many have already had breakfast or coffee today? Okay, good. For those of you that haven't, you have a supernatural power I would love to tap into. We feed 
what begs being fed, except for our souls. For some reason, we're willing to try to shoulder all these insecurities. Or we turn to things that don't really plug those holes. And so we just keep leaking out and leaking out. I just wanted you to focus on this right now. We're going we're gonna to get in and break down the whole passage, 11 through 21. But let's get back to the folk trio out of Scripture. And let's start with Peter. So let's profile Peter. Who was Peter? Brother of Andrew, fisherman, impulsive nature, uh, and kind of a gruff guy, right? But passionate. Peter was passionate. And yet Peter still struggled with certain insecurities. Even the one who stands out amongst all of the disciples as being the most committed, and we'll go there in a minute, what was his insecurity? Well, let's just look at one section. Many of you know this, this section, and it has to do with the issue of a boat, a ghost, and midnight trolling out on the Galilee. Matthew 14, 28 through 31, you can turn there if you want. I'm just going to give a synopsis. The disciples are with Christ, and he's done another great fishes and loaves opportunity for them to realize who they're dealing with. And they fail once again. And this is one of those moments where Jesus gets frustrated. And he says, leave me. Go out on a boat. Go out on the galley. Get away from me. Even Jesus needed a breather, I guess. But later on, in the middle of the night, they're out there and... He comes by, and you know the story. Maybe some of you don't, so I'll, I'll give you the breakdown. They're out there. They're wondering what is going on. They're probably thinking insecure thoughts. Has Jesus decided to leave us? Has he sent us away? Did we finally blow it? Did we lose our opportunity to be leaders? Right? Think of all the insecure thoughts when you're out alone on a boat. And all of a sudden, there's a glow in the distance and they thought it was a ghost, so they were incredibly frightened. But who's the first one, according to Scripture, that recognizes Jesus? It's Peter. And Peter wasn't satisfied enough to stay in the boat. He saw Jesus for who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. And he says, Lord, call me to you. He understood the relationship in that moment there was a repentance. There was a shift. He walked through a different door and slammed it shut from where, we, where he had been prior on a mountainside where they all failed to understand the power of Jesus Christ. Peter got that salient teaching moment. And so he says, call me to you and I will come. And you know what happens, right? Peter goes out and he goes out. What was his insecurity? Nature. Now that seems odd that I would label his insecurity, his whole nature. Let me rephrase it. His insecurity was what came naturally. Brothers and sisters, if we want to experience Jesus Christ, if we want to experience the Holy Spirit, if we want to experience God the Father, we have to understand we've been given the capacity 
to operate supernaturally. And when we want to regulate God to the natural, we sink. But Peter, for a moment, saw Jesus for exactly who he was and every step outside of that boat, as long as he kept his eyes securely fixed on Christ, he did the impossible. His holes were filled. But the moment that he what? He started looking at what was natural, what should happen, he sank. That was his natural problem, or his natural insecurity. Why was he insecure? He hadn't t- my, my suspicion is he hadn't tasted of, of the Lord enough yet. He was still struggling with the old man. Why did he change? Well, we're assuming he changed. But we know the end of the story, and he did change. And I believe his true solidifying change happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon them even to the point where Peter was willing to go and suffer death on a cross and be led by hand to where he did not want to go. How did he change? He put his security in Christ. Let's go next to Paul. So who was Paul? Paul was Saul. He was a rabbi. He was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. And he was the one who would persecute the church. What was his insecurity? Power. Power and humility. Why was he insecure? I don't know. Prior to salvation, we don't have any information on that. But based off of scripture out of Philippians 3, 12 through 14, this is the passage where it says, I no longer consider the past, but I press forward. Right? I push on towards the goal. His insecurity was his past and his shame. How many of us refuse to sit in a secure relationship with God because we consider our past way too much? And it's just another hole in us. But Paul says, I have to disregard my past and I have to press on towards the goal, right? That's how he changed. He changed because of an interaction with Jesus Christ in a supernatural way that covers and compensates for his insecurity. How did he change? He kept at it. He kept at it. He had a discipline and he kept at it. Let's look at Mary. So who was she? She was a girl. She was a girl that that, uh, resided in Palestine. She was the niece of Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, um, not necessarily someone of notoriety amongst the people per se, but she was of notoriety from heaven. And how do we know this? Well, turn to Luke 2 and you will, you will see Mary's song. And early in Luke, or, or prior to Mary's song uh, in verse 46 through 55, you'll see where Mary says, how can this be? How many of us say those things? When Gabriel came and announced, you will give birth to a son, the most high. Her response is, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. Again, struggling with what we know and and the nature of what we know. 
It's a legitimate question. What was her insecurity? The norms of life. What was her insecurity? The challenge of being found pregnant without a husband. What was her insecurity? Who am I? Who am I that the Almighty, the Messiah, should be born unto me? All of those reasons would come together as to why she was insecure. When did she change? She changed right in that moment. Because Scripture tells us that in a dialogue with Gabriel, she says, I am the Lord's servant. She put all of her trust and security in God, no matter what it was going to do to her, no matter how challenging it would be to her as a young woman in Palestine, a Jewish woman. Even if you believe all that, think about it, ladies. You're going to give birth to Jesus Christ? I, you know, part of me thinks, great, I'm going to have the model child. The next part of me thinks, horrible, I'm going to be constantly scrutinizing on my parenting skills. There's just so much that could feed into this idea of the insecurity that Mary went through, but she is reflected as saying, what? I am the Lord's servant. I put my security in Jesus. It doesn't mean that my insecurities are gone, right? You heard what I just said. I put my insecurity into the Lord Jesus because he will cover. He will carry that for me. And it's his job to make me secure. Amen? So how did she change? I believe God gave her the insight. I believe through humility, which is one of the things we're going to see out of Ephesians 3 coming up right now. Let's go ahead and segue to that. So go back to Ephesians 3, and we're going to, we're going to give you some formula since we profiled these three. Why don't we give you a formula as to how we can work with our insecurities so that we can pour out that living water that, that God has intended. We can live within our purpose that God has intended for us without letting those insecurities strip us, rob us of the privilege of abiding in Christ. So we have these ideas. How? Turn to Ephesians 3 if you're not there. And we're going to start in 11. This was according to the eternal purpose, there's that word purpose, that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is our glory. Let's break that down. What do we see? Boldness and access through faith. Because of Jesus, not because of you. Because of Jesus, not because of me, I can stand here and share the word of God. Do you have any concept how intimidating that is for me? It is brutally intimidating. And the day that it stops being intimidating and I stop feeling insecure about the worthiness of doing that, I should get off this stage. But because of Christ and because of my purpose that he has put in me, my faithfulness to do what he's called me to do, I do so with boldness and what? Access to him. 
I certainly hope and pray for everybody that's in this room today and for those that are watching that what you're hearing is him and not me. That I am simply a conduit to, to drive you towards these deeper principles and reunite you with he who makes you secure. Because it's about him and not me. So I live in that world. I can be bold. Many of you know that. I am the modello of preachers. That wasn't in the notes. I just thought I'd throw that out to find out who's a beer drinker in the room. Okay. What else? Prayer. Prayer. Through prayer, Paul changed through prayer. Peter changed through prayer. Mary's song is a what? It is a prayer. Prayer takes us to the Father. Proper prayer takes us to be secure in our relationship with him because proper prayer through faith affects our ability to truly hear from him and fulfill our purpose in him and to remain secure in him. Humility and trust. Let me keep reading. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. There's your prayer. Right? from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. There's the sovereignty of God. I'm going to take just a minute. I'm doing really well on time, by the way. We're almost done. This is an act of faith. I just messed it up, didn't I? I'm going to go for another half hour. All right. It says, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. What do you put your security in? I had a pinto. Yeah, some of you know what a pinto is. It never should have been made, let alone driven. But my pinto was special. It had high shag green carpet. And it had no brakes. And my roommate borrowed it one day. I would brake with the emergency brake. See, I believed in using the whole car, the plenary version of the pinto. Most of you rely on that foot pedal all the time. Pfft, rank amateurs. If you got one of these things you can pull the handle on, come on, folks, you got a whole new way to break. My roommate borrowed my Pinto one day. Didn't ask me about it. Boy, did he get a surprise. Right into the back of a squad car. And he had the audacity to come marching into my apartment I'm watching, I don't know, ABC Wild World of Sports. I'm really digging into the past today, aren't I? And, uh, and he just stands there. Marches in, and he's in a hub, and he just stands there looking at me. And I'm like, what? He said, why didn't you tell me your car has no brakes? And I responded back with a little chuckle, and I said, why didn't you ask me to borrow my car? And then when he told me he rear-ended a cop, I'm sorry, I should have been more sympathetic probably, but I certainly hope they played that moment back in heaven on the big screen, right? How many of you believe that all that stuff's going to get played back on the big screen in heaven? I want that moment played back on the big screen just for the benefit of all people to show how ridiculous we all are. But I had a Pinto unbelievable. This idea of being smart enough <laughs> not to own a Pinto, right? 
If you had your choice to have a Pinto or to have an Audi, which do you choose? Oh, somebody yelled Chevy. Okay. We got beer drinkers, we got truck loyalists, we got everybody in the room today. The idea is this. Paul says one of the ways I'm secure is I put my trust in the one who holds everything in his hands and knows everything. Amen? So let's stop feeding our insecurities by going after more insecurities. Trust, riches of his glory, right? That's understanding God's character. Let me continue on. So that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being because of the character of who God is, because he knows all things, because he's all powerful. In my insecurities, it's not that those things go away necessarily in my natural man. It's that the Lord, God in his strength, compensates for them. He gives me the power and many of us think about that, and we've heard that, and we've, we've walked through it, that if I just read scripture or I say a prayer today, then I can go out and I can just name it and claim it, man. That's not what this is saying. If you're seeking after the Almighty, if you are trying to abide in the Almighty, what is going to happen? He will guide your steps. Will he not? By guiding your steps, he he removes the pitfalls. He pulls you out of the miry clay. He sets your feet upon the rock. But somewhere in there, we think just because we can name Jesus, we pull ourselves out of the miry clay. We set our feet upon the rock. And when it doesn't happen right like that, and we still have the leakage of our insecurities, then we start giving up on God. This This had nothing to do with God. It had to do with a a wayward approach of seeking after God. So Paul says what? He says, when I consider the riches and the power of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Many of us do a lot of work spiritually on the outer being. You're like, what, pastor? What, What are you talking about? We walk around acting like we've got it all together. Have you ever met the person who their life might be a train wreck, but there's just joy exuding from their soul? That's what Paul's talking about with the inner being. Even though they have every reason to be insecure, confidence just flows from them. And they can rule a room, even though they might not be the most adorable, the most pretty or handsome, the most intelligent, whatever it is, but they tend to be the person people remember. This is that inner being. This is what it means to interact. Love of Christ grounds you, abiding with Christ. Your spirit strengthened through the Holy Spirit to know the love of God, to be filled with what? The goodness of God to be more impressed with his sufficiency than controlled by your own deficiency. Folks, that's one of those things where I get to come back and say, that's really good, write it down. 
Yeah? In closing today, that's right, Joe. I just said in closing, and it's, you're going to have 28 minutes for worship. You better have something good, brother. <laughs> Feeling insecure yet? <laughs> no, they, the worship team does an incredible, incredible job. The formula for moving from insecure to secure, profile yourself. The formula for moving from insecure to secure, you can look throughout Scripture. It starts with Jesus. It continues on with the focus of humility and prayer. This week started Lent. We're going to have a video in a moment focusing on the idea of Lent. For many of us, Lent is not something we connect with because it's more of a Catholic tradition. But I think the Protestant churches have lost something. I think they've lost the disciplines of focusing on repentance and focusing on Christ, coming to terms with the challenges in our own life, the insecurities in our own life, recognizing those, repenting from those, and living in his power to overcome our insecurities. What a perfect time to preach this message. And so, in closing this morning, do you have a new song as you're walking out of here today? I hope you do. The idea is, as I keep trying to overcome my insecurities, the challenge is, in and of myself, I don't really have that ability. I can fake it to a certain level, but I don't really have that ability. But to sit there and sit and rest in Christ because his yoke is easy and light, he doesn't take me out of the equation, does he? He may not even remove those holes. He compensates for them. And he partners with me as long as, by the way, how does this work if we say, you know, Christ, come, come sit in our cup? Doesn't really work. We have to rest in him. And then there is an equilibrium where his security compensates for our insecurity. Amen? Let me lead us in a time of prayer, and I just want to encourage you, when I get done with this, we'll show this video about Lent. Uh, I will just say as a precursor, uh, there's an aspect of the focus on Lent that I don't believe Scripture speaks that we should practice this, and it's the idea of penance. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this idea of penance, that I'm going to do an outward demonstration or punishment on myself as an inward reflect or an outward reflection of my inward repentance. Folks, the way scripture informs me about that idea of repentance is the new life, the new song. Right? But I do think there is something to the fact that we don't practice seriously the idea of repentance. And I heard it placed this way about three weeks ago. It was just beautiful. It's like walking through a door. We've all heard about, you know, turning 180 degrees. I love this. It's like walking, walking through a door and closing the door and locking it. You make that decision to walk through the door and you can't go back the other way. What a great demonstration of repentance. And so the real key focus with this focus on Lent that I think can be healthy for us 
is to spend 40 days, right? The idea is 40 days, Jesus' time in the wilderness, right? Is to reflect on him and our security in him and going through a process of reflection, self-reflection, not to build our own securities, not to beat ourselves down, but to seriously look and, and go through repentance and look to the one whose character is secure in the midst of our insecurities. So I'm just going to give us a time of prayer, and then we'll roll this video. And then we have a, a great opportunity that we're going to share with you today. Lord God, this morning, I pray that these words out of Ephesians speak to our heart, that these three lives out of Scripture with, with Peter, Paul, and Mary, um, that as you have given us stories from their lives, excerpts from their lives, we can see the change from the insecure into the secure. I pray, Lord God, that we sing a new song. Take these words, inform us, fill us, let us know that your burden is easy and light, and let us fulfill the purpose you have given us, as the psalmist writes. Thank you, Father. To you be all glory. Amen.